Hello, I'm Petri Hoskin, and if you're listening to this show, then it's safe to say you'll love Hacks and Flax. Hacks and Flax is where you get the inside scoop on how journalist hacks and the flax of government and business work behind the scenes to decide which stories you'll be reading with your morning coffee and perhaps more importantly, how they keep certain headlines off the front pages. I'm assisted by a regular panel of hacks and flacks who lift the lid on that special relationship between press and politics. So let hacks and flacks blow your mind and change the way you look at news forever. Tom Swarbrick on LBC. With Enterprise. See if one of their neighbourhood locations are near you. It's ten to six. It's a Friday. Tom Swarbrick's on LBC and... You can begin to relax and sit back because Simon Marks will take it from here with his American Week. Tom, on both sides of the Atlantic, comeuppance was the word of this particular week. There, of course, it related to Boris Johnson, but here it was the organ grinder who once again found himself in a very unwelcome spot. Moments ago, through his attorney Todd Blanche, former President Trump pleaded not guilty to these 37 federal charges. And Todd Blanche, in fact, said the former president is, quote, most certainly pleading not guilty. CBS News reporter Scott McFarlane, he ran to make that broadcast from the Miami courtroom. No cameras nor phones were allowed inside it for former President Donald Trump's first appearance on charges relating to his alleged mishandling of thousands of top-secret documents. He's also accused of conspiracy to obstruct the FBI investigation into them. Trump on Tuesday became the first sitting or former president ever to face federal criminal charges. They could see him jailed for decades and a far more serious than the hush money case underway against him in New York over payments made to an adult film star. While the former president was described as expressionless in the Miami court, his arms folded, his poker face by now well practiced, he also understood that with no cameras in the room, he could largely control the visuals of the day. The people in charge of this country do not love America. Trump. First, he sent lawyer Alina Haber to brief the press, even while his court appearance was still underway. She went on to deliver a broadside on his behalf, targeting Trump's prosecutors and the Biden White House that he insists orchestrated the charges against him. What we are witnessing today is the blatant and unapologetic weaponization of the criminal justice system. These are not the ideals that our democracy is founded upon. This is not our America. Next, the front runner in the race for the Republican Party's presidential nomination next year sought to send a clear message himself to federal prosecutors and to Republican challengers hoping to derail his presidential aspirations. On the eve of his 77th birthday, as soon as he left the court, he diverted his motorcade to the Versailles Bakery, a nationally known landmark in Miami's Little Havana. 
There, a crowd of supporters prayed with him, sang happy birthday to him, and provided him with a platform for his first comments since entering that historic not guilty plea. We love the people, and you see where they are. You see the crowds and everything else. We have a country that is in decline like never before, and we can't let it happen. I'm going to make a little uh, speech tonight in Bedminster. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Shouts of God bless Donald Trump there and hours later when he made that defiant speech at his golf resort in New Jersey. They want to take away my freedom because I will never let them take away your freedom. It's very simple. They want to silence me because I will never let them silence you. They want you silenced. They're not coming after me, they're coming after you, and I just happen to be standing in their way, and I will never be moving. On November 5th, 2024, justice will be done. We will take back our country, and we will make America great again. Now, under any normal circumstances, that claim would be laughable. The idea that any presidential candidate might weather the legal storms now raging around Donald Trump would simply be unimaginable. I mean, listen to what his own former Attorney General, William Barr, told Fox News only last Sunday. If even half of it is true, then he's toast. It's a very detailed indictment, uh, and it's very, very damning. And this idea of presenting Trump as a victim here, a victim of a witch hunt, Uh, is ridiculous. But ridiculous or not, Republican voters continue to lap it up. Polls taken since the indictment was published show Trump's support is holding firm. A Quinnipiac University survey this week showed that he retains a 30% lead over his nearest Republican rival, Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida. And Trump is neck and neck with President Joe Biden in a matchup between the two men. First Lady Jill Biden described those results as shocking, one of her predecessors this week went even further. Their efforts to defend this man are truly beyond anything that I ever thought possible in our country. Hillary Clinton appearing on the Pod Save America podcast. This could have been the break. This could have been the opportunity to say, you know, uh, thank you so much for everything you've done for us. We really appreciate it, you know. But this is kind of uh, serious, and so we're not going to, you know, continue to defend you. But no, they're all in again. That's what the psychology of this is so hard for me to fully grasp. It is actually worse than that. Donald Trump this week pledged that if he's re-elected, he will immediately order a criminal investigation of the Bidens. And on Capitol Hill this week, the shenanigans in that regard were a plenty. Mr. Speaker, Joe Biden has failed the American people. He's failed to uphold his oath of office and preserve and defend the Constitution. That is why I'm introducing articles of impeachment against Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Congressman Andy Ogles of Tennessee beginning an entirely doomed effort to impeach President Biden as Republicans in Congress became positively febrile this week over utterly unsubstantiated claims that as vice president, Biden took a $5 million bribe from a Ukrainian energy company. Those claims are contained in a 1023. That's a document that the FBI uses to record raw, unverified claims made by its sources. But 
Republican Senator Charles Grassley of Iowa seized on one such document provided to Congress. According to the 1023, the foreign national possesses two audio recordings of phone calls between him and then Vice President Joe Biden. These recordings were allegedly kept as a sort of insurance policy for the foreign national in case that he got into a tight spot. From that moment on, all hell broke loose, even though no one knows anything about the credibility of the foreign source making the claim, nor the authenticity of any audio recordings that may or may not exist. But that didn't stop Senator Ted Cruz, the Republican from Texas, of grandstanding during a Judiciary Committee hearing with Deputy FBI Director Paul Abate. You're sitting there happily erecting a wall to protect Joe Biden. Will you provide to this committee the FD 1023 and will you provide the 17 recordings so we can assess what is the evidence the specific credible evidence that Joe Biden personally took a five million dollar bribe from a foreign national senator we run down every piece of information every you're not lead. answering it then you're refusing objectively to senator your time it's is it's disgraceful, Deputy De- Director Abate. Disgraceful. Even Senator Cruz later conceded he has no idea whether an effort was made to bribe Joe Biden. But why let the facts get in the way of a chance to steer the post-truth narrative? The New York Times today casts an envious glance across the Atlantic. It notes that leading conservatives are standing up to Boris Johnson, while the Republicans have almost entirely caved in to Donald Trump. At the end of a week that would have doomed virtually everyone else, the portents of doom, Tom, are visible again as Trump remains a massive threat to the future of American democracy. From Washington, D.C., Simon Marks, American Week.